Hello, and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, tonight, we're starting a new, uh, slightly smaller series than what we've uh, been doing here lately. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, a warlock by the name of Shira. Uh, a lot of you probably know of the submachine gun uh, named after said person. Uh, totally shreds like fantastic little submachine gun. I I think it outranges a lot of auto rifles. It feels like I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> no, I think you're uh, right. I think it does. I think we've done some damage testing and like it's it's got like a meter or two on some of this stuff. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I I this is this is actually going to be a really really fun episode too because I don't know a lot about this person uh, or their adventures or anything really about them. So. This is this is a this is a story that Myth was super excited about. Um, he's been wanting to tell the story for a while. Uh, so yeah, I, I this I, I'm going in kind of blind to this. So I'm this this is going to be a really really fun episode. I think. Um, uh, like I said, outside of outside of her being, or not her being named after a machine gun, the opposite way, machine guns named submachine guns after her. Uh, other than that, that's that's about all I really know about Shaira. So, uh, myth. I I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I have been looking forward to this one. Um, for anyone that is not aware, uh, Shaira's story has been taking place on the trials armor and some of the trials weapons that have been released uh since season of the chosen i believe is when it first uh some of the first entries dropped um now a lot of people they do trials they get the gear they put it on or they dismantle it and they never think twice about it uh but there's a really awesome i uh, very personal very um it's it's a story about someone dealing with some hardships and their fire team kind of rallying behind them to really uh, make things have a a hopeful ending. Um, so I've I've really been looking forward to this. I think it is a uh, a story that may resonate with some people. Hopefully, in in a a good way. Um, I am going to do a little bit of a uh, listener discretion advised. Uh, there are a couple topics that are touched on that are perhaps a little close to home for some people. Uh, so just be aware this is a character that experiences trauma of a sort. Um, and some of that is talked about. So just a, a, a general disclaimer. I'm already scared and excited. I, I don't know now. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, although there are there are going to be some highs and some lows in this story, overall, uh, I think it it is on a, a, a the message is good. Like the the takeaway okay. is is good. So well, good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll start things off uh, the way I usually start these things off with uh, a couple of questions. <laughs> All uh, right. So, first question. Uh, this is a more it, it or I, I guess this is more of a statement. This is a more recent uh, uh, story. 
happening, correct? Like this isn't something that happened like during the Dark Ages right? Uh, or during the Golden Age or anything. This is something that's like kind of been ha- actively happening while Destiny has been live. Like this is a, 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 like what you were saying, a story that's been going alongside us. Yeah, which is another really cool part of it because they are going to be referencing events that we saw in game. And in some cases oh, cool. we played a part in. Um, so this, although the armor that, uh, first came out that started, uh, with these lore cards was, um, season of the chosen, technically the story of Shira, uh, starts right before season of arrivals. Holy cow. Yeah. That's like super recent. That's like, yeah, that's like two years recent. Like, holy cow. Yeah, no, that's. Amazing. Now she she had been resurrected prior to that. It's not like that was her her oh, birthday. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that was no, where we start um, kind of following along with Shayera as well as the other members of her fire team. Well, I was I was going to say that leads me to my next question: is it is this just a story about her? Is there a fire team? Is this where what all is what all is she involved? Shayera is definitely the focus. But we're going to see uh, things play out through not only her point of view, but also points of view of her fire team at different moments. Um, so the the fire team here is Shira, who is an awoken warlock, uh, Aisha, who is a human hunter, and Reed Seven, who is an exo titan. Everything represented here. Everything all, represented. All, all the three different races that exist as guardians, and all the three classes. So we've got a good. Good mix of everything here. Yep. Good, good, solid, rounded group. None, none of this, none of this triple invisible hunter trials <laughs> bullshit. That's what, that's what I'm happy to hear right now so far. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of background about these characters that is not directly in the lore cards, but is inferred in some other places that is good to know now just to kind of have, have a, a sense of where these characters came from and, and what some of their motivations are. Um, so Shaira, Aisha, and Reed presumably were all resurrected at the same time or nearly at the same time and have been a group since resurrection. Uh, they, it, unclear if they all literally resurrected in the same room or they kind of found each other shortly after, after they arrived at the tower, they, uh, spent a lot of time on Titan as their main kind of headquarters they were assigned to under the command of Sloan. Uh, and they worked with her for uh, presumably a very long time, enough for them all to grow a certain level of respect and attachment to Sloan, more so than the other two, maybe uh, Shira specifically, really saw Sloan as a. Uh, I don't know if parental figure is is the right term, but um, held held her in very high regard. More more than just an authority, right? More more than just a commander. She you know worried worried for her safety and and like you know it was it there was there was more of at the very least a friendship there. Okay. I, uh, in addition to all this, this fire team is a very avid trials group. Hence why this story is told on the trials gear. Um, And where we pick up with the lore cards is shortly after uh, the evacuation calls have been made to the various planets during season of arrivals. 
Yeah, I guess that's a. I, I, well, I guess that's something that that some people might not know. Sloan was a Titan. Uh, I, I is is Sloan still alive? I don't. We don't know. I don't know. Um, she was a Titan on Titan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. During the the original D two campaign, um, you as the player. Uh, would get through the the EDZ and and uh, Hawthorne's uh, interactions, uh, and then you would get at the very end of that, you get a distress call from Zavala, who had gone to Titan. Like that, that just seems to be the most Titan thing to do is to be a Titan on Titan Apparently. while tightening. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's just like where they 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 center themselves. Uh, so yeah, so Sloan was the vendor that was out there, uh, and then like what like what you're about to describe here. During season of arrivals, or at the end of season of, of of arrivals, all of the pyramid ships showed up, and we lost a bunch of planets, um, planets and moons. We lost Mercury, we lost Mars, we lost Io, we lost Titan, a uh, lot of uh, Mars. Uh, so yeah, so we lost a lot of places due to the pyramids showing up and just blipping them out of existence. Mars has since shown back up, but obviously, like if if you've played any of Witch Queen, you've seen how kind of fucky it is like it's parts <laughs> yeah. of it is remembering its own past and so those parts are showing through um so yeah uh yeah i just i i didn't know if anybody would remembered or knew who sloan was so i figured we'd give a, a quick little explanation of who sloan is yeah no that's that is a very good point um because there may be some that never never met her as an npc i but yeah so i as as we kind of alluded to there sloan there, there's this evacuation call for all of these planets that are currently being orbited by pyramid ships to, you know, abandon ship, come home to the tower. Uh, and in some cases, people do. Like Anna was originally on Mars and left to, to come to the tower with what was left of Rasputin. Um, but in other cases, such as Ashramir on Io and Sloan on Titan, they decided for you know, their own reasons to stay and fight it out until whatever happened, happened. Uh, and so Shaira and her fire team uh, have evacuated as ordered from Titan. They have left their, their kind of HQ and gone back to the tower. Sloan has not. And it's by, you know, her own choice, but, uh, that doesn't necessarily leave Shaira very happy about that choice. And so we're going to start our readings here with this fire team heading into a trials match and getting, getting ready, uh, getting ready to go. And we're going to start from the point of view of read seven. Uh, those that know, of Reed's regret, the linear fusion that ruled the roost for a while. Uh, it is the, you know, the same person being referenced here. Uh, so this is starting on the Pyrhic, Pyrhic ascent. I think that's how that word is said. <laughs> I think, I think it's Pyrrhic. Pyrrhic. Yeah. All right. Like, like a, like a fire. Like a fire, uh, like having having the aspect. You're gonna make me Google this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. By by you, you mean me? 
Yes, um, by me, I mean you. <laughs> one at too great a cost to have been worthwhile to the victor. Oh. Um, Pyrick. So you were correct about the pronunciation. I was uh, thinking it had to deal with like fire. I would have guessed that too, but apparently not in this case. It is that meeting is a lot deeper than <laughs> it's very just deep fire bullshit. Holy cow! Like, so well, thanks uh, Google. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Pyr- Pyric Ascent, because uh, this is the Pyric Ascent helm, um, then probably means the the lead up to something that was you know. A match or a a climax of some sort that was reached that wasn't worth the cost to get there. Uh, so boating. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but here we go. So this is the uh, Pyric Ascent Helm, which is the Titan helmet. Uh, and it goes like this. The Exo Titan Reed 7. Cuts an imposing silhouette across the Mercurian sands, the sun at his back. Reed and his ghost fix their attention on two streaks of fire gleaming across the sky. They're late, Reed's ghost chirps. Again, Reed notes with a sigh. His eyes follow the burning trails across the dusty beige sky until they reveal a pair of jump ships entering the atmosphere. I'm picking up a dispute on open comms, Reed's ghost notes, bobbling through the air around its guardian. You may want to brace for impact. The jump ships dive low and hug the ground after re-entry, kicking up a cloud of sand that billows across the ancient stone courtyard of the Caloris spires. Reed turns his head to watch them speed off to the opposite horizon. And if you believe for a minute that's all we could have done, a voice shouts over comms as they finish in physical space as Reed's warlock companion, Shaira, transmats down to the surface. Crackling bands of energy ripple off Shaira and another guardian, a hunter, Aisha. Shaira is incandescent with anger. Waves of golden fire lap at the sides of her face. Reed doesn't say anything as his companions arrive. They're doing enough talking for everyone on Mercury. So he gives them their space, choosing instead to focus on the task at hand. He moves towards the looming structure of the lighthouse and the guardians gathered outside, waiting in their queue to complete the prestigious trials of Osiris. His ghost looks at him with concern. Reed reassures him with a gentle tap of his finger against the ghost shell. But Reed can hear his friends becoming increasingly frustrated with one another. Arguments like this have happened before. Questions like, is Eris trustworthy? Did the Vanguard track da- should the Vanguard have tracked down Cade's murderer? Was Cade's death his own fault for being so reckless? Their disagreements had always ended with understanding. Today, however, things felt different. Hey! Reed turns and shouts back at them, louder than he intended. The bright red Exo recoils a little from the volume of his own voice. The clap of his rebuke distracts both Warlock and Hunter, and they look up up at him in sudden silence. Reed lifts a hand to the back of his neck, scratching sheepishly. Can we do this later, please? 
Shaira and Aisha afford each other a brief and mild look. Wordlessly, they put away their conversational weapons for another time. Shaira draws a sword and points it across the windswept courtyard towards a group of guardians, indicating a challenge to them. Fine, Aisha agrees reluctantly. Reed will take that as a victory, however small. And that's going to end that card. Ooh. Little little bit of uh little bit of team bickering going on before the match. A little bit, a little bit. Now, what's really cool about this uh Pyrrhic armor set is that you see the same events from the point of view of a different member of this fire team based on which class's armor you're looking at. So, oh, that's kind of cool. So, it like is. from the Titan, you see everything from Reed's exactly, and like the, the Warlock, you see everything from uh Shira's, and then the Hunters, you see everything from Aisha's perspective. Yep, that is exactly the case. So, that uh, is pretty freaking cool. We're gonna have a few entries here where we're I'm gonna read back to back, um, or I'll I may break in between, but we're going to read two entries that are about the same moment but from different perspectives. Now, in some cases, they're almost identical, so I'm not going to do a repeat just for the sake of doing it. Uh, But in other cases, you learn new information or see uh, things that one member picks up on that is relevant that maybe another member didn't. Uh, So this is one of those cases. I'm not going to read this from Aisha's point of view because it's almost the same as Shaira's. But I am going to read Shaira's point of view so we can see the conversation they were having that Reed caught the tail end of. Okay. So the next one we're going to read is the Pyrrhic Ascent Hood, which is the Warlock Helmet. And it goes like this. A reflection, when viewed in broken glass, is fragmented into as many misaligned shards. The warlock Shaira looks at herself in the broken center console display, her image split up over so many refracted variations. She is silent in her anger. Now entering Mercury's atmosphere, her ghost chirps. Shaira looks up to watch flames roar over the exterior of the cockpit and sees her face in the distorted curve of the glass. No one reflection is true in this moment. No image perfectly accurate. Reed is already waiting for us, her ghost adds, worried. Shaira hears him, but only in part. Something pulls at her insides like an anxious finger. Open a channel, Taisha, Shaira says. Her ghost hesitates, then beeps in compliance. The cockpit suddenly feels cavernous as if she could shout out into the universe. Her ghost edges closer and hovers nearby. Uh, The connection's open now. We shouldn't just leave her behind, Shaira says into the void with a tightness in her throat. Not our call, Shay. Agree or disagree, we're a united front, Aisha, her teammate, replies from across the curvature of Mercury's atmosphere. Then act like it! Shaira fires back, snapping her jaw shut as soon as the shout escapes her lips. She brings her hand up to her mouth, regretting her tone, but not retracting it. 
It's Sloane's choice. Aisha's voice sounds smooth in contrast. You know how she is. If she's declining evac, there's no force in the system that'll uproot her. Stay, go, it's, it's her choice. Leaders make mistakes. Shayar wishes she could explain better. Words are insufficient. She's preparing for transmat, Shayar's ghost quietly offers. We're in range, too. Shayar nods and swallows, but the anger is still rising in her. She can feel it creeping into her bones. Wisps of gold fire slither up her arms. Zavala doesn't see it. He's trying to do the work of two vanguard leaders right now. I'd... Shire is cut off, mid-sentence as she and her ghost tear apart into a whirl of charged particles, reforming on the scorching surface of mercury in the shadows of the Kelorus spires. Believe for a minute that's all we could have done. Sloane made her choice, Aisha shouts the minute she sees Shira. Nearby, their third fire team member, Reed Seven, stands as a looming crimson silhouette in Titan armor. The commander asked her to fall back, and she didn't. Don't pin this on him. Aisha goes on, needling Shira with a furious intensity. Shira pivots to stare at Aisha. The fire building around her discharges in an upward blast. If he wants to lead, he should be willing to take criticism for his decisions. Hey, Reed Seven finally interjects. The broad-shouldered Exo shifts his posture awkwardly but stands his ground. Aisha and Shaira look over at him in silence. Reed lifts a hand to the back of his neck. Can we do this later, please? Shaira feels Aisha's eyes on her. She tempers her own expression to match her friend's calmer one, reluctant in her assent, but the ember of anger in her refuses to go out. She draws her sword and points it towards a group of guardians across the windswept courtyard outside the lighthouse, indicating a challenge to them. Fine, Aisha agrees reluctantly, and Shaira withdraws, simmering still. And that's the end of that card. There's a there's a lot to kind of unpack with this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the I like the beginning that that imagery of her looking into this broken glass because we're we're seeing a lot of that more recently um, in Destiny, um, specifically to do with the witness. Uh, every time the witness is talking to somebody on his own team. Uh, or even t- trying to talk to us or, or through us, it's always through broken glass. Yeah. Uh, and even in the final uh, cutscene of Lightfall, when when we're told to shoot our ghost, it's through the broken glass of the Kvostov uh, rifle sight. So, like, there's I think there's a lot of symbolism there in that portion. Uh, then, of course, there's the entirety of like the entire talk of like leadership and and what being a leader means and, and, you know, a leader should be able to take criticism. A leader should be able to make their own choices and whatnot. And so there's, there, and, and I'm, this, this is in an, an era, um, or this, this, the, 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 the timeline that this is taking place in our current timeline, 
there really are only two hunter or two uh, guardian vanguards, not hunter vanguards. There's no hunter vanguard. <laughs> um, there's Titan and I or there's Titan. There is Zavala and Ikora at this time. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's even the even the command structure of the vanguard feels a little not not discombobulated, but it's it's strained uh, for sure. And all of this is happening while the planets are about to be blipped out of existence. Yeah. So to 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 have someone like Sloane step back and go, well, I I I I've received your order, but there's like I can do more good here by making sure that everyone else gets out. So again, looking at the leadership of Sloane and seeing. That's that's kind of a like that selfless act there. Like that's what that's what drives or that's what rezzed every guardian, right? Selflessness is part of the whole how do you become a guardian thing. Mm-hmm. Um so to see that in Sloan, I think is is man, that's 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 super fucking cool. Um so yeah, and and then but like to know that like even even like Asher, I Asher stayed behind uh uh, Anna got out with what was left of Rasputin, I think because of the importance of what Rasputin was at the time uh, and needing to to have the, the Warsat network ready and available uh, for the inevitable battle that would come. Uh, and then Brother Vance, screw him. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's nuts, so screw yeah. him. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like it, it's, and, and, and it, there's a, the, between the two fire team members here, between Aisha and, and, and Shayora, um, you can see they're both very passionate about this. Like, yeah. well, I, I guess Shayora more than, more than Aisha. Aisha is looking at it as like a, look, you can't control what people are going to do. It I it it sucks to say just accept it, but you kind of just have to accept what they're going to do, and then for Shire to be like no, and and to have that level of closeness that this isn't just her commander, this is more of like that that family member of like this is who I've been with my whole life, this is this is who I've known, this is this I've you know eaten meals with this person, I've shared memories with this person, and now they're willing to just sacrifice themselves for what, and and that's that, that's a. I I can see where where Shire is getting that level of rage from. Um, also, also I I I like that she's a solar warlock, and I like that she uses a sword. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought I thought you might connect with the solarness. If, if she if she was an arc warlock, that would have been like game over. Like yeah, that that like arc warlock with a sword. If she had a bow and a and a and a shotgun, I would have been like, all right, well, this is game over. I know <laughs> I now know who my spirit animal is. No, but uh, but yeah. So I I think she's feeling a lot of things. She's feeling maybe betrayal from Sloan for staying. I yeah, probably a sense of helplessness that like. She's not oh, yeah. also there to to try and you know protect or or assist Sloane in some way. Uh, just a lot of a lot of anger directed at probably herself and the situation, and it's it's finding places to be vented essentially. Um, and now to be vented in trials, kinda, yeah, yep. Uh, so 
that is going to lead us into the uh, Pyric Ascent Vest, which is the Hunter um, Trials chess piece from Season of the Chosen. And we're going to see Aisha's point of view. Uh, and this is during that Trials match. Oh, that's a that's a bad time to to pick up a fight, man. Like that's that's a bad time to pick a fight back up. Like kind of need to focus during a trials match. Yeah, <laughs> save save that shit for the loading screens. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is again that uh, Pyric Ascent vest, uh, and it goes like this. A seething stream of automatic weaponed fire ricochets off of the vibrant purple dome protecting Reed Seven and Aisha. There are only two guardians left on the opposing team. The remains of the third are scattered, smoking, and sizzling. Aisha? Reed asks in concern. Flames form before Aisha's knuckles as his barrier begins to destabilize. She has the better plan. The opposing guardian pauses to reload from behind cover, and Aisha boosts straight up. Remnants of the collapsing barrier swirl around her ankles, caught on the thermal updraft. But the time, by the time the opposing guardian has noticed, both of Aisha's hands glow like a sun. A dozen knives made from condensed plasma tear through him and everything in his vicinity, leaving molten holes in their wake. The Guardian collapses into a heap. Aisha lands nearby, cloak fluttering around her, and Reed Seven gives her a wearied thumbs up. Did you see Shay while you were up there? Reed asks. No, she's probably playing tag with the one that keeps going invisible, Aisha says, brushing ash off of her gloves. Let's go find her and finish this up. A plume of automatic fire raises up over a nearby block of Vex design, as if in direct response to Aisha. The lighthouse gives off a soft tone. The match is over. They've won. And then a sudden scream spurs Aisha and Reed into action. The pair navigate the familiar Vex architecture quickly, but two more agonized screams ring out in, in the time it takes for them to traverse the arena. When they reach the source of the noise, Aisha sees Shaira impaling another guardian through the faceplate of his helmet with her sword. His ghost shrieks in frustration, trying desperately to get between Shaira and the guardian. Shay, Aisha asks in confusion. But Shaira's only response is to rip her sword out of the dead guardian's head. Reed hangs back in stunned silence. Aisha watches until the other guardian draws breath once more, but before he can finish shouting a plea to Shaira, the warlock cuts off his arm in one stroke and cleaves through the top of his helmet in a second. Shay, no! Aisha yells, running up to her friend. She wraps her arms around Shaira's midsection. Shaira screams like a frightened animal, lashing out with a swift slash of her sword in the direction of the guardian's corpse. Shaira, the match is over, Reed shouts, snapping back to reality. The match is over. Shaya screams again as her fire team members pull her back, voice crackling in feral cries as flames race down her arms and swirl along the length of her blood-slicked sword. No, stop, no! Shaira howls, fighting against the restraints of her comrades. Aisha grabs at Shaira's wrist 
trying to keep her from swinging the short sword again. Shay, Aisha tries to get through to her. Shay! Shayer screams an endless wail into the scalding Mercurian sky. And that's the end of that card. What the fuck? <laughs> what did the shit just happened? Like, I get teabagged after a match, but what the hell? So? What did, what did the hell happened? This is this event from Aisha's point of view. We are going to do a reading of this event from Reed's point of view, and then from Shaira's point of view. Holy shit. And we're going to see exactly what was happening for all parties involved. Like, I get the first part of it. Like, Reed's bubbled up, bubble starts to come down. He's like, all right, he's counting down fucking five, four, three, and on, on two... Aisha jumps up and Blade Barrage is the 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 guy solo mm-hmm. Blade Barrage, which whatever it's fine. And then they're like, <laughs> "Oh, she's over there bullshitting with the with the invisible guy, of course." God damn invisible guys! <laughs> uh, what the hell? Like, I get being pissed that the guy's invisible. Like, teabag him after you kill him and win. But Jesus, yeah. what in the hell? So some of this is going to be a little repeat because this is the same event from Reed's point of view. And he had much the same uh, visual as Aisha did. But internally, there was a little more going on with Reed during this. Um, So we're going to go right into the Pyrrhic Ascent Plate, which is the Titan chess piece. Uh, And it goes like this. Reed Seven's arms feel like they're going to break apart at the seams. The vibration building in his body threatens to shake him to pieces for every second that he maintains his barrier. It stands as an extension of his light and also his body. He feels it like a piece of himself, one that he has overextended time and time again as it deflects an auto rifle's rapid-fire barrage. Only two guardians are left on the opposing team. The remains of the third are scattered around the area. Reed considers how fast he and Aisha might be able to rush in on their cornered guardian. Even if Reed gets taken down, it might be enough time for Aisha and Shira, wherever she is, to secure a victory. Aisha, Reed asks. His voice rises in concern as his barrier begins to destabilize. He knows it's now or never. But as he, as he looks to Aisha, Reed spies flames forming between her knuckles. Aisha has the better plan. As the opposing guardian pauses to reload behind cover, Aisha boosts straight into the air through the top of the barrier. Reed lets the dome collapse and feels the immediate release of pressure on his limbs, his legs nearly buckling. He watches Aisha glow brightly, spinning like a burning wheel before unleashing a volley of knives made from condensed plasma. To Reed, it simply looks like a flash of fire and smoke as the opposing guardian collapses in a heap, Aisha landing next to him. With a sigh of relief, Reed Seven gives her an enthusiastic thumbs up, as enthusiastic a thumbs up as he can muster. Did you see Shay while you were up there? Reed asks. No, she's probably playing tag with that one that keeps going invisible, Aisha replies. Let's go find her and finish this up and a plume of atomic fire raises up from a nearby block of Vex design. 
and the lighthouse admits a soft tone. The nearby ghosts begin reconstructing their dead guardians as the match has concluded. But then a scream rises from the same direction as the fire, spurring Aisha and Reed into action. The pair navigate the familiar Vex architecture quickly. Two more screams fill the air, and when they reach the source, Reed freezes in his tracks as he witnesses Shira impale the other guardian through the faceplate of his helmet. The opponent's ghost shrieks in frustration, trying desperately to get between the two. Aisha is saying something, but all Reed hears is blood rushing in his ears. Not his blood, though. The memory of it. Of something buried beneath layered plates of carbon polymer and playsteel weave. Something haunting his synaptic, synaptic network. In that moment, Reed is outside of his own body, remembering faces frozen in stone, recalling the whispered plea of his ghost's tortured voice on Io. Don't you see? Reed's heart races. In light, there is only weakness. The opposing team's guardian is brought back to life by his ghost, but before the guardian can finish shouting a plea, the warlock has cut off his arm. She cleaves her sword through the top of the helmet in a brutal follow-through. Reed feels his chest tightening, senses a, feels a sense of panic kicking in. Only failure. Shay, no! Aisha yells, running up to her friend. She wraps her arms around her. Aisha, Shaira screams like a frightened animal, lashing out with a swift slash of her sword. Only death. Reed snaps back to reality. Shaira, the match is over. It takes both Reed and Aisha to restrain the enraged warlock. Shaira's voice cracks in a feral cry as flames race down her arms and swirl along the length of her sword. Shay, Aisha pleads, trying to get through to her. Shay, can you hear me? Shaira screams an endless wail into the scalding Mercurian sky. And that's the end of that one. The, the darkness thing is like... Ugh. So this is this is season of arrivals where this is the first time that a lot of a lot of guardians, not just our player guardian, have started to get messages from the witness, from the darkness. Oh, that's right. So because season of arrivals was before Beyond Light. That was the season right before Beyond Light. So we didn't have like dark powers in the right. game. We all everyone was light. We just had the main three, uh, Solar, Arc, and Void. Uh, yeah, so yeah, to be able to 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 start getting these whispers, and I guess I guess the first time that we, as Guardians, start really getting darkness stuff uh, is even f- before then, um, at the beginning of Shadowkeep, mm-hmm. uh, or, or I guess the, the beginning of of that year of Destiny with Shadowkeep. Uh, and the the um, uh, Garden of Salvation, uh, with whispers happening in there, and and I think at the at, I believe the exact wording at the end of it is, we are not uh, we're we're not your in enemy, we're not your friend, we are your salvation, mm-hmm. and that was the 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 witness talking to us through a reflection of us in the garden. Um, 
so yeah, so so darkness talking directly to us, the guardian, is kind of a new thing because um, we had to collect an entire set of of gear that like warded off the pyramid, the the moon pyramids. Uh, defense system to even get near the thing, yeah. uh, to even see that cutscene, to even try to talk to the darkness. And the whole time, the darkness kept using our ghost to talk to us. So, yeah, no, darkness at this point in time, uh, is, especially darkness talking to us, the Guardian, is still relatively new. And so Reed apparently has experienced, from the sounds of this, uh, whispers from his ghost. His ghost was taken over and, and a message was passed. That message being... Don't you see? In light, there is only weakness, only failure, only death. And those, that moment is what's going through his mind again as he's seeing his friend use light energy to brutalize this other guardian for whatever reason. Yeah, like that's... <laughs> I want to know what the ever, whatever reason is. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> You were you weren't kidding when you said this was going to be some some darkness stuff in here. A little bit, a little this, bit. This is because like that's like Reed like the what what Reed just experienced there. That's that's straight up PTSD. Like that's yeah. Like for him to have for him to like be outside of himself and not be able to physically do anything in that moment. Like that's yeah. That's that's PTSD, man. That's. Holy shit. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, we are going to look at the Pyrrhic Ascent Vestment, which is the Warlock chest piece. And we're going to see what was happening from Shaira's point of view. And now, despite how this starts, this is the same match. Just keep that in mind. So this one goes like this. Titan sea of liquid methane crashes against the listing hull of the new Pacific arcology. The wind whips with hurricane force, sending a freezing sea spray lashing across the crooked metal frame of a crumbling catwalk. Flares of atomic fire bloom in the midst and roll off the arcology's wall. Human and inhuman screams echo out into the impossible seas. Two dozen hive thrall come pouring out of an encrusted airlock, climbing over one another, jaws snapping. They scurry across every surface not slicked by liquid methane, drawn like moths to a beacon of golden flame. Shaira stands against the crashing tide of chitin and bone, a sword of fire held fast in two hands, screaming as she cleaves through the masses of encroaching death. Burning embers of thrall rain around her, but with each dispatched wave of necrotic soldiers, it feels as though their numbers only double. She is pressed by the tide of hive, inching closer and closer to the jagged end of the catwalk hanging over the churning sea. When the thrall recede, she is thankful for a respite, but the towering night that drops from the airlock is an escalation, not a victory. Edging a half-step backwards, Shaira knows that the only way out is through. Wings of flame roar off her back, leaving a trail of rippling heat and hollowed-out thrall in her wake. Her sword clashes with the, titan, with the knight's shield, shattering it in a single blow. 
Her follow-through cleaves through the knight's arm down into its chest. Shayara turns on her heel toward the remaining thrall. She can feel the light in her ebbing and knowing and knows that they will overwhelm her if she does not succeed. Death against the hive is never a sure return, not after what happened to Taiko Three and her fire team here. A blinding pain hits Shayara in the back. Her vision swims, mind reels. Did she miss one? Feeling the warmth of blood running below her armor, Shayara turns to see the hive knight has been reborn, sword covered in her own blood. Screaming inside her helmet, Shayara feels a deep panic build in her chest. She knows a hive death ritual when she sees it, and she walks straight into their trap. She rolls away from the knight's next swing and into the reach of thrall that tear at her armor. Mustering the last of her solar energy, Shayara calls up a cyclonic pillar of flame that twists up into the sky and consumes the knight. The revenant knight emerges again from the flames, already reconstituting. Shayara leaps forward and drives her sword through its face, tackling it to the ground. Her solar aura flickers and fades, smoke and steam billow from her back and shoulders. Shay? She hears one of the surviving thralls speak in a human voice. Shayara twists her sword in the knight's face and shakes sizzling green blood off onto the catwalk. The knight begins to reform again in a horrifying blaze of green flame, but as it reaches out towards her, she cuts off his arm and sends her sword through the top of its head in a brutal follow-through. The thrall wails. She can feel an arm around her waist restraining her. She kicks and struggles, crying out as the last wisp of praxic fire twists down her arm and sword. No, no, stop, no! Shayara howls, fighting against the pull of the thrall. Shay, the thrall cry in the voices of her friends. Shay. Shayara screams into the impossible seas. That's the end of that one. There's PTSD on everyone's account. What the hell? Is, is there no mental health facilities in, in the future? Are we all just running around just shooting everything and asking questions later? Holy shit. <laughs> all right. Well, now we know what uh, what uh, Shaira thinks she saw while she was doing what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have words for this. Like, this is a... Th- all this is pretty... I don't want to say pretty self-explanatory, but it's Sh- Shayura is definitely hurt, uh, yeah, mentally, uh, by by Sloane's. Um, I I I don't want to call it inaction because it's not. It's still like Sloane choosing to stay behind is still an action. Like that's mm-hmm. still a a thing. Like, but she's she's hurt by that and 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 is now internalizing it and is now like. Now it's starting to play out in her head and over and over and over again in, in very vivid uh, um, scenes uh, that she doesn't realize that she is acting out in real life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a uh, this is an issue. This is this is full on hallucination. Uh, yeah. Brought on. This is by this is an issue by trauma PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is. 
this is PTSD on on two parts of the fire team now. PTSD on Shaira and and living through this moment and and this moment consuming her and Reed in the same sense of not being able to act and having the darkness whisper to him again in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it didn't whisper to him again, but the, him reliving that moment of, of yeah. yeah, him reliving that that moment of 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 the darkness whispering to him. So yeah, this is uh, that's not good. No. Uh, so needless to say, the trials match ends. I uh, Shaira is restrained by her fire team, and sometime afterwards, they they kind of have a uh, I don't want to say somber, but they have a a little bit of a check in with each other. Uh, and so we are going to see that first from Reed's point of view. Um, and this is on the Pyric Ascent Gauntlets, the Titan Gloves. Uh, and it goes like this. The noise of the bazaar is a background hum, seemingly electrical, but performed by so many organic systems. Reed Seven finds comfort in the banality of human conversation when viewed at a macro level. The impression of life. It's something other than language to him, something he imagines the universe might sound like to a warlock. At least he assumes they hear those kinds of things. There is a relief in this moment. Reed hears only the people in the bazaar, not the voices of horror that haunt him from Io's cradle. When he thinks too hard about it, he can still hear the darkness moaning through his ghost. But rather than dwell on it, he searches for something else to fixate on, something to distract him. The whole of the bazaar is decorated for the Festival of the Lost now, with colorful engram-shaped ornaments hung from decoratively macabre trees. A ghost, one he's fairly certain belongs to the warlock Osiris, goes cartwheeling by with a shriek of laughter, trailing cloth wrappings in her wake. The moment of levity helps lift Reed's spirits as he returns to his table in the new monarchy's enclosure, where Aisha and Shaira wait for him. Drinks, Reed says, setting down three tall mugs wafting with steam. Aisha offers him a supportive but strained smile. Careful, he notes as she reaches for the mug. They're still pretty hot. He'd earned the nickname Strike Dad, thanks to obvious and well-meaning cautions like this. There's cinnamon in yours, Reed says to Shaira, who may be asleep. Her head is down on the table atop her folded arms. Shaira has the wherewithal to at least give him a distracted thumbs up. It's comforting, if not wholly reassuring. Aisha gives Reed a wordless look of concern and shakes her head. Their talk had not gone well while he was away. Look, I I know you're upset about Sloane, Reed says, deciding to tear off that conversational bandage. But you know, the commander's done all he can. We've done all we can. Don't blame yourself for... Thanks. Shaira says without looking up. She sits up enough to grab her steaming mug with two hands and drag the piping hot cider over to herself. 
She slouches over the mug, breathing in the aroma. Her eyes drift shut for a moment. She seems more herself. Aisha and Reed take a moment to breathe. Give Shaira time to breathe. I know, Shaira finally says in a small, guilty voice. I'm... I'm sorry. It's hard to tell if she's talking about Sloane or her behavior in general. You don't need to apologize to us, Reed says with a look to Aisha, finding her approval. You should apologize to Lecta and his ghost. It was Titan, Shaira finally says, staring into her mug. Reed and Aisha look at each other, but neither interrupts. They let her reach that point at her own pace. I was back on, on Titan. Like when we were lightless, surrounded by Hive, there was this night, and no matter how many times I killed him, he kept coming back. I should have died out there. But you didn't, Aisha says, reaching out across the table to take Shira's hand, giving it a reassuring squeeze. We got our light back, and what happens when the darkness closes in? Shire asks, though she knows neither Reed nor Aisha have the answer. Will she be lightless again? Alone? Reed and Aisha share a look, and the Exo reaches across the table to lay one of his large hands on Shaira's atop Aisha. He doesn't have a rousing speech or strong words or cold comforts. He just has his presence to offer in support of her traumas. He has to hope that that's enough. And that's the end of that card. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get me crying this episode, aren't you? <laughs> this is this is this is this is rough, man. This is like I I get it. Like that's that feeling of of loss, and then to know that that loss might come again, like. Mm-hmm. The light is so important to Guardians. Like it, when when Gaul when the events of the Red War happened and Gaul uh, uh, blipped out the light for everyone, like that was a that was a huge thing for every Guardian. I mean, like obviously the the, the Vanguard Zavala runs off to Titan to try to like figure it out and like how do I get through this and and uh, Ikora goes to Io to just like figure it out and Cade runs off to to Nessus to try to come up with a plan on how to kick some ass without the light uh, using Vextech. And so it's like every, every, every guardian had like a, a rough point in time there. And those that have lived through it, 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 it would absolutely feel like PTSD to see that, Hey, the, the pyramids are coming in. Like they're, they're creeping in and this is festival of the Lost, So this would be during October, November. Um, and I'm trying to think when did beyond light actually launch? Was that December? I want to say it might have gotten pushed back to, like, February. Which queen was pushed back to February? Uh, may, maybe that's what I'm remembering. It, it was definitely within the next, like, three months or so, though. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was, like, November or December that that, that Beyond Light launched. Um, so, yeah, so this is, like, right on the cusp of uh, 
the like like you were saying, this is during the season of Rivals. That's that that's where we went to Iowa a bunch and interacted with the heiress, and she she did the whole like the, the she was at the base of the tree with silver wings, and and there was uh, one word conversations happening mm-hmm. uh, each week, and and she was trying to decipher them. So we were definitely having a lot of interactions with the darkness there, and and to know that that could possibly happen again, that light could be blipped out forever because of the darkness, because that was such an unknown thing. And it's still kind of like an unknown thing. Like even now in, in destiny where we, where we look at the events of, of lightfall and the travelers kind of shut off right now. Like we don't know what's going on with the traveler. We don't know where the witness went. We don't know what the, the whole thing with all that shit happened. Um, so yeah, so I can, I can see where like she has that genuine fear and that's that, that, again that's the ptsd activating uh and then for reed to be able to just be like you know we don't know what's going to happen but the best thing we can do is hope like that's that's oh i'm gonna start i'm gonna make myself cry uh yeah like that's a that's a that's a big deal so yeah I, i this is this is a this is a very human fire team. It feels like not human. Obviously, there's a there's an awoken. There's a human. There's an exo. This is a very uh, um, personal. I guess I don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. No, I, I think I think that's accurate. In general, this is we're not talking about one of the grand like world ending plots of the game. This is this is a much smaller, more yeah introspective look at intimate. Yes. There's a very intimate yes. story happening here. Like I, that's what I, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I have a very closeness to this. Whew. I hope I'm ready for the rest of the story, <laughs> man. I don't know. <laughs> well, and and real quick, uh, they also mentioned uh, Takeo Three. Um, yeah. That was that was an interesting throwback there too. So Takeo Three was uh, one of the fire team members uh, that originally went down into Titan. Uh, and all of their fire team members had the void light ripped out of them, mm-hmm. and they be- and the void light was put into crystals. Um, this was all done by we now know we know now by Sabathun. This was one of her ways of studying the light and trying to figure out can she do something with it? Can she manipulate it? Can she use it uh, in her ultimate goal of of doing whatever the hell she was trying to do with the traveler? Mm-hmm. Um, and in her eyes, save the traveler and therefore the universe. Um, so yeah, it, it that's I mean that that fire team went into that fight thinking, "Oh, well this is just going to be another day on Titan." And then to have the light ripped out of you and die, like that's a that was a big deal then. Like that I don't know that that had happened to any guardians up to that point. Like nobody nobody's ever to be lightless is just a weird yeah. That's a weird thing. Like I I guess I guess some guardians had been killed uh, I mean, obviously, you had final yeah. deaths during the the um, Dark Ages, during the Risen period, uh, uh, during the assault on the moon with Crota and all those highs. Right, right. The entire, yeah. I mean, the, the, the all of Eris's team, like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Guardians had died their final deaths, but like not in this way where it was like the light was was ripped out of them. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a. Uh, Again, a very real fear for for guardians uh, at this point in time. Yeah, but so we're gonna we're gonna see the same scene, but this time it's gonna be through the eyes of Shira. I'm going to omit uh, Ayusha's point of view here because 
she has the same com like it, it it's a conversation between her and Shira. So uh it would be just the same thing more or less. Um and a lot of it's going to be similar, but I think Shira's impression of certain things is important enough to go over. Uh so we're going to be looking at the Pyric Ascent gloves, which are the Warlock gloves, and it goes like this. Guilt and shame twist like spectral blades in Shira's stomach. Sitting under the trappings of New Monarchy's crimson-shrouded enclosure, her focus is locked squarely on the table's wood-grain surface. The sound of her breathing feels uncomfortably loud. But at the same time, the noise of the nearby crowds are muffled and distorted as if they were underwater. How's today feeling? Alshaira can hear clearly as her own breathing. She slouches forward more, fingers sliding up into her hair, elbows propped on the table, fighting to stay in the present when her mind demands she fixate on the past. Did... Did you talk to Ikora yet? Aisha tries again. A new knife of guilt slides in. Shaira tries to swallow, but her throat is dry. She'd barely had the energy to come here. It makes her feel all the more worthless. No, Shaira finally says, her mind fuzzy, her response delayed. I, I will. She promises, because she knows. That's what Aisha wants to hear. I'm. Sorry. Hey, hey, no, Aisha says, putting a hand on Shaira's shoulder at some point. The tactile connection is a grounding presence, bringing Shaira back into the moment. Don't. We, we've all been through a lot. I should have paid attention to how hurt you were before we went into the match. I'm, I'm sorry we fought. I'm sorry I yelled at you. Aisha's plaintive tone hurts as much as it helps. Shaira is sinking into a slouch of defeat, feeling her closest friend suffer because of her own shortcomings. It only makes her feel smaller, guiltier. Shaira looks at Aisha out of the corner of her eye, seeing the twinned look of support and worry on her face. Can... can guardians be unfit for duty? Shaira wonders aloud, her voice muffled by the tabletop. I, I mean, Aisha replies, her hesitation, a palpable sting. I, I don't know if I'm okay, Shaira finds the courage to admit. Her heart races as the words pass her lips. When she feels Aisha's arms around her shoulders, it steadies her pulse. Shaira relaxes into the supportive embrace of a friend. It's okay to not be okay. Aisha says, and for a moment, Shaira believes it. For a moment, knives of doubt and guilt are blunted, but only for a moment. And that's why you should talk to Ikora. She, she knows. She understands. Drinks. The word startles Shaira. She can hear the whirling hiss of Reed's articulated joints and the clank of his armor. They're hot. Uh, cinnamon in yours, Reed says, and Shaira musters the strength to give him a half-hearted thumbs up. Look, I, I know you're upset about Sloan, Reed says, and suddenly Shaira's heart is racing in worry again. 
He says something else, but all she hears is the blood rushing in her ears and the thundering beat in her chest. Worried that he's waiting on her for a response, Shaira interjects with something noncommittal. Thanks, she says weakly. The scent of apples and cinnamon hits her, and it brings her back to her earliest memories as a guardian in the tower, when she first met Aisha and Reed. Shaira sits up enough to grab a steaming mug with two hands and drags the piping hot cider over to herself, breathing in the scent of happier times. I know, Shaira finally says in a small, guilty voice. She doesn't know what she's referring to, but she assumes it's what they want to hear. I'm sorry. You don't need to apologize to us, Reed replies. You should apologize to Lichta and his ghost. Mention of the guardian Lichta twists those knives again in Shaira's stomach. She breathes in the scent of cinnamon and apples again, deeply. These are her friends, she tries to remember. This is her family. It was Titan, Shaira finally admits, afraid of what truth means, but unwilling to dig too deep into her own delusion. I was back on Titan, like when we were lightless, surrounded by Hive. There was this, this night. No matter how many times I killed him, he just kept coming back. I should have died out there. But you didn't, Aisha says, and Shaira feels a hand on top of hers and sees Aisha squeezing her palm, and it feels like it's happening to someone else, and yet it's still reassuring. We got our light back, and... But what happens when the darkness closes in? Shaira needs to know, though she knows neither Reed nor Naisha have the answer. Will she be lightless again? Alone? The thought of Sloane dying alone on the arcology eviscerates her. Reed's hand joins Aisha's in a wordless reply, and it isn't much but it's enough. That's the end of that one. Dude, this, this is, oh man. This shit's getting fucking real, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is getting real. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> oh man. Ooh, okay. Yeah. This is this is this this is this wow, holy shit, man. I'm 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 like I'm like trying to wrap my head around what's happening right now in this story and like it's it's so vivid. It's so like like I I mean be, being someone who who has depression who has anxiety, uh, yeah, I know exactly what this feels like. <laughs> it's like in that moment of being in that bazaar and having your friends near you, it's, you're just, you're just not there. Like you, like it's, it's, it's a completely different experience. Like it's, it's, it, there's a hollowness to it all. Like it's, it's, you events are happening around you but it's 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 almost like it's 
it's like it's like you're watching it from a movie, like you're watching it from like a third person, and like you're watching your body sit there. Like that's Shaira is is having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly, like yeah, holy shit, man. This is this is deep. This is shit. <laughs> I don't have words for this, man. I don't. Uh, other than I get it, like I, I, I truly get it. Like I really, really do truly understand what is happening here to poor Shira. And now I'm just like, oh, I just want to hug you. <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't know that much needs to be explained there. It's just this is a very vulnerable moment for yeah. Shaira and you know Reed and Aisha are are trying the best they can to do that's, that's something all you can do to, to help. Like, and and I mean, good on them, but like it sometimes that shit just doesn't help. Like mm-hmm. it, it as as much as it feels like on their part, like to Aisha and Reed. They both think that they're helping, but like from like a Shaira, like sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Like you just don't care. Like you're so you're so down at that point in your life, and you're just like, I don't. Whatever you're gonna tell me doesn't mean shit. And it's it's God. This is so. This is. Ah! <laughs> so okay, I think I'm ready for more now. Yeah. We're we're gonna move on to the uh, boots. We're gonna start again with Reed's point of view. Uh, this is um, sometime after this little meeting between them. Um, I'm not sure exactly how long I, uh, but this would be, um, I believe, the end of of season of arrivals this is the live event i think the first live event that they ever did where the traveler repairs itself oh yeah was that was that before the was that before rasputin shot out no this this would be the second one because the first one was rasputin shooting the uh, almighty out of the sky oh that's right that's right so yeah it, what happened during this live event so for i guess those that don't know um the traveler post destiny 2 vanilla campaign um had kind of bits of it floating around like it blew up yeah it kind of blew up like <laughs> when when it released itself from the when it when it exploded with light and woke up uh to break gall's cage around it and send light shooting through the universe uh it kind of physically broke apart and then had its own little like orbiting pieces yeah so there there were little traveler chunks that were floating around all, you know, in, in orbit around it, um, for a good long while in destiny too, like about, about three years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and during this live event, during season of arrivals or the very end of season of arrivals, the traveler repairs itself. All those pieces kind of go back in place. And then it does this big light wave that, is what prevents the pyramids from getting any closer. Uh, you know, the pyramids are, are coming in They're you know, 
making planets unavailable as they as they pass over them. They're disappearing planets out of the solar system, and we, they're we call that in our current time frame saving hard drives. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're they're closing in, but the traveler pushes them back during this event. I. And this was a big deal because during the live event, um, we as the player would load it into the city, a, a portion of the city proper, uh, where we were um, amongst just general civilians and other guardians, uh, people just standing, looking at the traveler going, what is it doing? What is going on? And it was, it was actually a really cool moment of like, you felt like you were connected to the people your guardian was protecting in a way that hadn't yeah. happened before. You really felt part of the world there. Yeah. So um, the next three entries are going to be from the different fire teams' point of views of this event. And they all had very different takeaways from it. Uh, and so we're going to start with Reed. On the Pyric Ascent Greaves, the Titan Boots. And it goes like this. Guardians are arriving from all across the system. Even the hunters are back. Reed Seven's ghost had been giving him updates on the minute for the last half hour. He hasn't been able to move since he reached the railing at the edge of the roof. Seeing the Traveler doing anything is cause for alarm, but seeing the Traveler radiating pulses of light, like some kind of beacon, is nearly enough to stop the Titan's synthetic heart. He knows his ghost is still talking, but he has effectively tuned it out. Aisha and Shaira are on a lower terrace, far enough away that Reed can't hear them talking, just observes their body language. Both look tense, Shaira most of all. But for all that Reed wants to watch them, he can't seem to keep his eyes away from the Traveler, from the seething waves of blue-white light that erupt from inside its cracked shell, from the way the waves make him feel as they wash over him. It's a vindication to his hope that the Traveler would not abandon humanity in their hour of need. He wants Shaira to see that, to feel his faith, but... Each time he looks at her, she seems more distant. Reed, his ghost says for the fifth time. Reed finally acknowledges his name, looking at his ghost with uneasy silence. I feel strange. Something's happening. It's more a plea to the Guardian than anything. A plea of uncertainty and helplessness. Even his ghost couldn't tell if the coming tide was going to wash them all away. If this was how the final moments of the collapse were felt. But in this moment, Reed's only thoughts go to Shaira and Aisha, and he looks down at them. He sees Aisha staring up at the Traveler with wide-eyed awe, and he sees Shaira looking down over the edge of the terrace. Her indifference weighs heavy, even as the Traveler throbs like a beating heart and then erupts into a blinding flash of light. Reed's last thoughts before the light hits him are of his fire team, his family. And when the light fades and his optic sensors recalibrate, he has moved to simulated tears. The Traveler hangs like a moon over the city, whole once again. 
and Reed's faith is reaffirmed in that instant and tested when he sees Shaira walking away while the rest of the city erupts into cheers. And that's the end of that one. Yeah, that that was a that that scene that that whole end game scene was really really cool. Like that was a good good feel good moment. And like like to see the traveler do something. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of a big deal. Uh so yeah, like it's and and like for Reed, it, like this is very much a a uh that that affirmation, right? Like that that okay, yeah, the 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 traveler's good, the traveler's here, the traveler will help. It's everything will be okay. Yeah. But then like to look down and see his friend and and family member, uh fire team member Shaira, uh kind of just like walk away from it all like that's that's off-putting. Like that's that's a that's a scary thought for Reed, I think. Yeah. So, uh we're going to look at the point of views on this from Aisha and Shaira. We're going to start with Aisha. Uh, this is on the Pyretic Ascent Strides, the hunter boots. Uh, and it goes like this. The traveler hangs like a moon over the last city, radiating bands of sapphire light from within its crack shell. Thousands have gathered on rooftops, crowded streets, filled balconies. They look up to the sky, staring at a spectacle never before seen and perhaps never to be witnessed again. From their spot on a terrace, the hunter Aisha and her awoken warlock companion, Shaira, bear witness to the turn of the age. Do you remember Chicago? Aisha asks, unable to pry her eyes away from the traveler's silhouette. Shaira's response is nonverbal acknowledgement. I thought we were going to die in the crypts, Aisha continues. Light ripples from the traveler washing over the pair like foaming tides from distant shores. Aisha closes her eyes. I remember we all blamed the traveler. She wishes she felt more as the light touches her face. She wishes she felt anything. For bringing us back. For putting guns in our hands. For cursing us to die again and again. Shaira says nothing in return, and for the moment, Aisha does not lament. The silence allows her to contemplate her own emptiness, her own disaffected sense of belonging to a cosmic force that doesn't understand her, nor she it. But as she opens her eyes, it is still in wonderment. The significance of the moment, what it means for the people of the city, that can't be understated even if the long-term ramifications are clouded in doubt. I remember, Shaira finally replies. Aisha looks at her, surprised, to see Shaira is focusing not on the traveler, but down on the streets. I never forgot how abandoned we felt, Shaira adds, a tightness in her voice. Aisha's attention is drawn back to the travelers that throbs like a beating heart and erupts into a blinding flash of light. Aisha braces as if for an incoming attack, but it but shudders when she feels the wave of light crash against and roll past her. And then it fades, and Aisha sees the impossible. 
The traveler, once shattered by its exertion to destroy Gaul, is now whole. And the city rises up in a riotous cheer, and Aisha turns to Shaira, but she's gone. A moment of panic clutches at her heart, and Aisha frantically looks around until she spies Shaira retreating into the jubilant crowd. Aisha watches her go, afraid that she understands what, I sh- what Shaira is feeling. Hollow disaffection. And that's the end of that one. Yeah, that, that hollow, that, that pretty well describes it. Yeah. So to, to compare here, from Reed's point of view, this is a, a reaffirmation of his faith, essentially. Yep. Um, almost a religious experience for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, like, like to me, similar to to the way Zavala was viewed before um, uh, the Witch season Queen. of Haunted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Haunted yeah, even, Witch Queen. I guess even before Witch Queen too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Zavala, every, everyone always thought of Zavala as like the, a very like looking at the traveler as like my god, and, blah, 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 and then like yeah during the haunted where he's like he is not my god like it's like yeah it's it, but but some guardians do have that level of of faith mm-hmm. in the traveler and 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 in the light and so like for reed that very much is what it is like it's it is that religious event yeah. happening uh for aisha she recognizes what is, what's happening is is a a miraculous thing she recognizes what's happening is a big deal for the universe, for the people, for everyone around her, but she she no longer, or maybe she never did, looks at the Traveler with any kind of religious reverence. She uses the light. She, she you know, uses the tools available to her to defend herself, but she does not she doesn't she doesn't have any affection towards the traveler. She doesn't feel she doesn't love it and she doesn't feel like it loves her. It's just a thing that's there that does cool stuff. <laughs> Kinda. I feel I feel like that's a very hunter thing to like that's a very uh, I don't know, maybe I not the essence of a hunter, but that's yeah, no, I feel like I almost feel like all hunters feel that way. Yeah. Maybe not. Dude. But well, Hunters Maybe. in general are canonically much more carefree. They yeah. they don't want to be part of a establishment or or have uh, down with the rules, man. <laughs> yeah. rules or or boundaries. Attica. Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I um, I get it. I get it. But yeah, so we have we have Reed who is like kind of takes peace in this moment of like I I am right to believe in the traveler. And we have Aisha, who is like, this is a very important moment, but I don't feel a connection to the traveler on, yeah. you know, outside of it has given me access to to light. Um, and then we have Shaira, who takes a very different impression. Uh, so this is on the Pyretic Ascent boots. And it goes like this. The wind carries a chorus of voices, some reverent, some frightened, some confused. The mosaic of conversations is a distracting din to Shaira, 
who rests at the edge of a terrace watching the crowded streets of onlookers, eyes upturned to the shadow of their silent god looming in the heavens. She can't help but feel that the people who dwell beneath the traveler do so out of desperation and delusion. They were told for generations that this was the only safe refuge on earth. Even after the assumption had been challenged by the Red Legion and now the darkness, they still clung to that desperate hope. They cling to an illusion of an all-powerful god that will protect them. When, Shaira believes, they never, they never have ever been in real danger before the Traveler arrived. Shaira hears Aisha talking beside her, but her thoughts are distant. Shaira grunts a reply, hoping indifferent is enough of a response. But Aisha keeps talking, something about Chicago, about memory. Shaira grips the railing and watches the people staring at the traveler. She cannot bear to look up with them. I remember, Shaira finally replies, her own internal fears overlapping with the memories of dark times that her fire team experienced below the ruins of Chicago. I never forgot how abandoned we felt. Shaira adds a tightness in her voice. The day Gaul stole the light, when they were so far from home, when they went from hunters to hunted. Shaira also remembers what went unsaid. She remembers those feelings of desperation and abandonment and how she would have accepted any opportunity if it meant living. Her desperate moment did not end in such darkness, but she cannot help but wonder about other guardians. That when faced with the choice between annihilation and salvation, they might make the wrong choice. It is in that moment of quiet revelation that the traveler stirs for the first time in years. A glow builds within, and only then does Shire look up at her silent god. A wave of light washes over her, and it feels like absolution. While the city is awash in light, with the fearful and the faithful holding Congress in the shadows of an indifferent god, Shaira slips away into the crowd. She does not need to witness the Traveler's grandiose power to know what is being asked of her, and she does not need time to set herself to work. Shaira's path is clear. And that's the end of that one. Yeah, that's not dark and brooding at all. I mean, that's that's what trauma will do to a person. That's a that's a very real, a very real response to the level of trauma that uh, that she's been through. Like, yeah. So we have yeah. we have Reed, who has again had some sort of. Uh, religious confirmation. We have uh, Aisha, who um, understands the significance, understands the tool that is light, but does not feel any love or affection one way or the other towards this being that does not understand her and that she cannot understand. And then we have Shaira. And Shaira is, is taking away from this that all of these people 
that worship this thing are just here out of desperation. They are just here because they think it's safe, even when it's been proven that it isn't safe, that darkness will come hunt them down wherever they are. And she remembers in Chicago that if someone had had given her the choice in her desperate time of, here's darkness, use it and you will live, that she would have picked it. Now that choice didn't come about, but remembering that she is now equated like the traveler can't protect you. So I will protect you instead. And in order to do that, my purpose will be to eliminate dark. Bam. Yeah, that's, that's a, I don't know. That's, that's pretty bold. That's the, to, I don't know. That's, that's very, it's a very absolute way of thinking. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's, and that's, that's what trauma will do to a person and cause them to think in absolutes. Like, yeah, this is, this is, this is, again, this is very, uh, familiar, I guess. (laughs) It's, it's very, these are very real emotions that are, that are, that are, that are being portrayed here. And, and it's, yeah, the, the, the actions and consequences that are happening thereof, like these are very real things. Like it's, Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is all happening in a video game, but this this is something that that is that uh, uh, we can see in our in our current in our present day. Like yeah. this, uh, this yeah. is yeah. This huh, I'm really <laughs> whew, yeah, feeling this... it today, Myth. I'm really feeling it today. <laughs> Art imitates life, and this is true. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, these kinds of connections can be the most impactful from art. Yeah. Uh, And this is pretty goddamn impactful. (laughs) I feel like, uh, but yeah, so like, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to me to think like a lot of guardians that lost the light, uh, as, as specifically the player character, uh, were in the city when it happened but then to think of like guardians that were just like out in the wild and lost their light, like, I mean, how many guardians were in the middle of a firefight, lost mm-hmm. their light, and then died? Like, that's a that's a big deal. And then like, how many lost the light and then didn't know that there was the like, come to the farm, like we're trying to rebuild, we're trying to right. reestablish and everything. And then to and especially during the the because again, this is this is the very last thing that this event that's happening here is the very last thing that happens during season arrival, right before Beyond Light, right before darkness is introduced to everyone as guardians and and they're given stasis and been like, hey, here's a dark power, go run crazy with it. Dark's okay. Dark's not so bad. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a very real moment in in destiny history for these for these fire team members and uh shira in particular of like to to make that decision of like okay well if if everything is just indifferent like something a side has to be chosen which was an interesting thing to say uh because i'm again thinking back to one of the first lines that we hear out of the out of elsie you know a, a side has to be chosen even if it's the wrong side um so yeah, it's it, and for Aisha or for, sorry for Shaira to to very much put 
put this line in the sand and say, okay, well, then I choose the light. Like, over everything else, light, good, dark, bad. Anyone who uses dark, bad people. Like, bad, get punished. Like, that. That. that's a very, again, thinking in absolutes. Um, and, and, yeah, that could lead to some bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, so... We're going to finish out the Trials armor set uh, with some, uh, well, seeing where, where this ideology brings these three different Fireteam members. Uh, so we are going to start with the uh, Pyrrhic Ascent Mark, the Titan uh, class item for this. And, uh, well, yeah, you'll, you'll see. So this one goes like this. Uh, There's still snow in the cockpit of my jump ship, Aisha says after she appears in a crackling wave of latticework from the subordinate Vex Conflux, now running simulations of the lighthouse from the safety of the tower. Is that why you were late? Reed Seven asks in a gently teasing tone. Aisha looks around, spreading her hands. And Shaira isn't? She's coming. How long did you stick around the stranger's camp after we left? Reed wonders. Aisha looks away at the lighthouse across the courtyard. He fails to notice the tension in her posture. A couple hours, I moved around. House of Salvation was putting down stakes out near some Vex ruins, wanted to make sure they didn't stick. Aisha explains, bringing two fingers up to her neck, depressing a button on the armor's collar that summons her helmet around her head. Reed snorts and nods. This is weird, right? He asks, dropping the topic of Europa. Aisha says nothing in response, waiting for Reed to quantify his assertion. The Simulation. Saint's little combat closet. It feels real. It is real. I mean, we are. The space is, uh, I don't know, magic? But me and you, the other guardians, we're all us. The danger is maybe simulated, but that doesn't mean... That doesn't make the effects any less real. Saint wouldn't have it any other way, Aisha says, giving Reed an assessing look. You didn't go into the Infinite Forest, did you? Hell no, Reed quickly admits. Couldn't pay me enough to... Can't stand the Vex, he adds with a shudder. You know how you are with spiders? That's me, with the Vex. Don't know why, don't care to. Whatever Aisha was going to say is abruptly cut off when Shaira manifests into the simulated space mid-stride. She walks straight past Reed and Aisha towards the lighthouse. Come on. Shaira's brusque entrance elicits a concerned look between Reed and Aisha, but they say nothing more on the matter. The match begins. Reed's shoulder connects with a guardian on the other team so hard it breaks every bone in his opponent's chest and sends him straight through the wall. Reed pivots, turning to see Aisha firing her hand cannon through the torso of the other guardian coming up on them with a pair of spectral blades drawn. She's been holding back, and Reed can see it. All gunplay, none of her usual fire and flash. 
Where's Shaira? Reed asks as he reloads his scout rifle. Aisha points down a corridor with two fingers. She's been after that other awoken warlock since the match started. I think she followed him that way, Aisha says, already breaking into a jog. It's three on one, come on. Reed shakes his head, hurrying behind Aisha. He remembers what had happened last time Shayara broke off on her own. They shouldn't have come back to trials. Not so soon. Not after everything that's happened. Shayara pushed for this, though, trying to get the fire team back to normal, but now he worries it was too early. When they finally find Shayara, she's standing over a still-living, awoken guardian whose helmet has been broken, revealing one of his eyes. And he stares up at her, her fire-shrouded sword. Aisha and Reed train their firearms, prepared to back Shayara up if she misses the finishing blow. But Reed senses something is wrong. Shayara's sightline isn't aimed down at the guardian. It's aimed at her ghost. Shay... Aisha asks, a nervous tremor in her voice. Shaira lashes out, striking the ghost with her sword and knocking it to the ground. The guardian exhales a scream of plight, and Shaira quickly draws her sidearm and plants a round in its forehead. The ghost chirps, squawks, is only damaged. Shaira holsters her sidearm again. Shay, Reed shouts, dropping his scout rifle and rushing over to her. This time, though... Shaira expels a blast of force from her palm that knocks Reed onto his back. She turns to the ghost again, gripping her sword in both hands, only to feel a sudden, stabbing cold rise up her legs and arm. Reed watches as blue-black ice crusts over Shaira's legs, snuffing out her fire and freezing her arm solid, sword and all. Feather ice bristles off her body along with waves of visible cold, and Reed's focus snaps to Aisha, one hand extended and waves of cold emanating from her outstretched palm. She had saved the ghost from Shaira, but the power she wields, he knows it isn't the light, and he knows this will change everything. And that's the end of that one. It sure as hell will. Especially if your uh, fire team member has kind of a vendetta against darkness users. Just just a bit. Just a Probably bit. Probably not going to be the best experience ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is very much uh I mean this is what this is what happened at the beginning of of Beyond Light like you had you had a brand new power you're given access to. Uh, darkness is here. Like half the half the solar system's gone. Uh, yeah, it's everyone's looking for an answer. And and uh, here, I you know, Aisha said, "Sure, give me give me this tool. Let me let me use this tool. See how uh see how it do." Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for for who may not be a good idea though. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick though, there were there were a few other parts in there that kind of made me giggle. Um, when when Aisha asked Reed, "Did you go in the Infinite Forest?" and he's like, "Couldn't pay me enough." <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> that was definitely a jab at all at Curse of Osiris expansion, <laughs> and I like it. I like that Bungie's able to like look at themselves and go, "Yeah, we we fucked up." Yeah, uh, but that's okay. We're we're moving past it. 
couldn't yeah. couldn't pay me enough to go in that shit. <laughs> no, I I had to laugh, especially the EXO being the one saying it. It's that's like, what I'm saying. Like it's like okay. you might not know this, but that they're kind of in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we, you know, Shira going after this guardian. And uh, Aisha chooses to to stop her, but she does it using stasis. Um, and so uh, we're we're gonna skip to just kind of the ending part of our of Aisha's point of view. Uh, this is during kind of when they come upon Shaira, uh, and it goes like this: When they finally find Shaira. She's standing over a still-living, awoken guardian, whose helmet has been broken, revealing one of his eyes. He stares up at her, at her fire-shrouded sword. Aisha and Reed train their firearms, prepared to back Shaira up if she misses. But Reed starts to lower his auto-rifle, and Aisha feels his palpable confusion, as she also notices Shaira's sightline isn't aimed at the guardian. It's aimed at the ghost. Shay. Aisha asks, a nervous tremor in her voice. Shaira lashes out, striking the ghost with her sword and knocking it to the ground. The guardian exhales a scream of plight, and Shaira quickly draws her sidearm and plants a round in his forehead. The ghost chirps and squawks, only damaged. Shaira holsters her sidearm again. Shay! Reed shouts, dropping his scout rifle, rushing over to her. This time, though, Shaira expels a blast of force that knocks him on his back. Aisha's heart races. She looks back at Reed, and then Shaira, fear and doubt, take control. Aisha closes her eyes and chooses the unthinkable. Blue-black ice crusts over Shaira's legs, snuffs out her praxic fire, and freezes her sword arm solid. Feather ice bristles off her body along with waves of visible cold. Waves of cold radiate outward from one of Aisha's extended hands. Feathery shards of crystalline growths bristle off her gauntlets. She had no choice. Aisha couldn't understand in that moment what was going through Shaira's mind. But in time, she hoped her friends would come to understand and forgive her. And that's the end of that reading. So the the ghost that Shaira is attacking is the the downed guardians. Yes, ghost, correct. Yep. Okay. For some reason, again in my head, I was like, "Is she attacking her own ghost? Like, what the fuck is happening here?" Um, but clearly, clearly, this downed guardian had had shown that he was using stasis, and that pissed off Shaira enough to like say, "Well, if your ghost is okay with this, well, then your ghost is evil, so I need to kill your ghost," and then. Like that line of thinking to to look towards Aisha and be like, oh hey, and Aisha's just trying to like stop her her friend from like committing a, a murder, like yeah. a final death murder type thing, and yeah, the like and, and then like like the thought of like the 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 guardian like seeing his ghost get attacked and like jump up and go no, and then I I Shire just like whip out a a pistol and pop right up right in the face and be like shut up, I'm killing your ghost, like holy shit, this is <laughs> yeah, this is this is dark. And something that's a little different about this event compared to her first uh, match that we went over, she is not in a 
panicked state. She's not in a like, uh, you know, fair. She's not feral. She's not running on that survive instinct. Uh, right, this seems right. very cold and Controlled. calculated. Yeah, yeah, Ca- yeah, yeah. Cold and calculated. I like that. That's that's very much what's happening here. Like this is very much. She knows exactly what she's doing here. Yeah. So we're going to view this event from Shira's point of view. Uh, and this is on the Pyretic Ascent Bond. And it goes like this. There's nothing but silence in the void. Frost collects on the inside of the cockpit of Shira's jump ship. Her breath is visible as a cold fog. Fragments of ghost shells are scattered atop the console, each glittering with a faint sheen of ice. The warlock stares at her reflection in the shattered central navigation panel, fragmented, broken. You're late for your weekly scheduled trials match, Shire's ghost chirps from over her shoulder. She does not look away from her broken reflection. Do you want me to elevate the atmospheric controls so the ship is warmer on your return? Shayra blinks, her eyes shut, and then opens them, fixes on her ghost. The cold is a reminder, Shayra says like a mantra. She looks back at the fragmented shells of dead ghosts and clenches her hands and fists. I am ready. And Shire is torn apart into motes of light and threads of energy, and then reformed into a simulation of Mercury mid-stride. She walks past Reed and Aisha toward the lighthouse, purpose behind her every movement. Come on. Shire's attention is focused ahead, at another group of guardians, to an awoken warlock, much like herself, whom she has heard much of. Shaira steadies herself, heart racing. She is committed. And then they enter the match, and it continues. Reed Seven's head, head disappears behind the occluding barrier of Vex architecture, inaccessible from the scout rifle scope. The rifle's wielder, an awoken warlock, lowers his firearm and grunts in frustration. He kicks off the ground, stepping up into the air, and glides across the sky in search of a better vantage point. It's here that another body impacts him in a tackle, sending him crashing to the ground far below. The warlock's scout rifle rattles out of his hand on impact, and he switches to his gold-plated sidearm as he rises up to one knee, only to have the gun swatted aside by the flat of a curved sword. Shaira, carried aloft on wings of fire, slowly descends from the sky. She moves the sword's blade from hand to throat. Gohan, her quarry says, you earned it. But Shaira isn't thinking about the match. This isn't about the trial. It's about discipline. I know what you did on Europa, Shaira says to the warlock. I know you are a traitor to the light. And at first his mouth, he opens his mouth to speak a denial, but then he tenses and takes a step back. It's not that simple, the warlock says, shaking his head. You haven't talked to Eris. You, you don't understand. 
The warlock's words are cut off as Shaira lunges in, smashing the butt of her sword against his face, shattering part of his helmet and knocking him to the ground. The warlock groans, grasping at his face, and then looks up at Shaira in vivid anger. It's not illegal. The vanguard... I'm not here on behalf of the vanguard, Shaira says with imperious certainty. Flames begin to spread down the length of her sword. I am here on behalf of the light. The warlock snorts and smiles sarcastically. His body language implies that he does not respect her power. I'm not afraid of you. Come on, end the match. I'm not here for you, Shire insists. And now he does feel fear. Aisha and Reed arrive a moment later, guns raised and ready to assist. She fights back a scowl at seeing them, but turns her attention to the ghost hovering at the warlock's side. Shay, Aisha asks, a nervous tremor in her voice. Shaira lashes out, striking the ghost with her sword and knocking it to the ground. The guardian opens his mouth to shout a plea, but Shaira quickly draws her sidearm and plants a round in his forehead. The ghost chirps, damaged but alive. She holsters her sidearm again and looks to the ghost. Shay, Reed shouts, and she hears him rushing up behind her. She won't be dragged away, this not this time. Shayer turns and expels a blast of force from her palm that knocks Reed onto his back. She quickly reorientates to the ghost and raises her sword for another strike. And then suddenly, her legs prickle the unearthly chill of deep space. And Shayera tries to let out a scream, but her lungs flash freeze, and crystals of stasis energy encrust her body. She turns her head at the last moment just enough to make eye contact with Aisha and witness the unthinkable. The last person she sees before her world is ice and darkness, her closest friend forsaking the light, embracing the dark. And the look of betrayal on Shaira's face freezes in the ice. And that's the end of that one. Yeah, not a good day for Aisha when she gets. She's gonna get out of that ice eventually. <laughs> not uh, a good day. This is this this is all around gonna be a bad day. Like like Aisha's got like well, I mean, first off, Shaira's got some explaining to do with like trying to kill a ghost in the middle of a trials match. Like, hold the f on <laughs> for a second. Uh, second off, Aisha's got some explaining to do. Because she's obviously been keeping this a secret, um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of splatter to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is uh this is this is tense, man. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know what to think at this moment. Well, originally, I was thinking that we were going to get through all of the entries tonight, and there'd be some some deeper kind of darker stuff, and then we were going to get you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. But instead, all of that's going to come with the second episode of this. Boom! (laughs) Boom! Cliffhanger! So uh, that is where we're going to end for the evening. Yeah. uh, Yeah, we're ready for that ending, huh? Well, shit. All right. Yeah, no, this is... uh, This this is... uh, Man... 
I don't know what to think right now, man. Like to see to 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 see all of this play out from like the beginning to the end, like to to see Shaira like half have all this level of of dread and 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 fear of like what happens if the light leaves us again like because it's left us once so what happens what like the darkness is coming what happens if it does it again and then to like to to move from that level of like fear and 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 frightenedness and scared and all that to the level of like holy vengeance like crusader level like yeah, I will. I am here for the light. I'm not here for you. I'm not here for anything. I'm. I'm here because I know what you did on for like. That's like that level of like vendetta, vengeance is like. I. I'm really hesitant to say fanaticism, but it's really freaking close. Like mm-hmm. to have that level of like what I think and and my ideas are the only white way of thinking. That's, that's a dangerous path to be on. Um, and Shira is, is it full, like in full thrall of this, like she's, she's very much in that mindset of like, my way of thinking is the only way of thinking that's correct. And if you're using darkness, I'm, I'm you're you I'm killing you. Like I'm I you're dead. I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill your ghost, and I'm gonna kill you. Like that's it. Uh so yeah. And then again to see that level of of and again I I don't wanna I don't wanna call it betrayal from Aisha because it it's it's not like I, I Aisha's trying to stop Shira from doing this horrendous act of killing a ghost. Like it, it's it's I, Aisha's heart is in the right place, but man, this is a tough tough way to do it. You know, yeah. like it's a yeah. Well, I don't and, know, man. And we so on on Shire's point, I feel like when when people reach that point, I. Uh, when and and you know it's a case where she hasn't she hasn't been able to bring herself to talk to Ikora presumably anybody other than her fire team about it uh, about kind of how close she is to the edge. Um, I feel like it, people in that in that situation are are looking for a direction. They're looking for a purpose to be given to them to say this this is the guideline for you to run your life on uh you, you have no idea how true that statement is and she somewhat decided it for herself but took took the like dark is bad dark wants to take everything i've ever loved away from me my purpose will is to end the dark uh and so i i don't think it's it's inaccurate to say that it it is a a form of of fanaticism a form of zealotry um not necessarily by nature of being a part of a group but just by like she needs a purpose to survive and this is what it is now that's that's crazy that's i mean 
I, it's, it's not, it is, but it's not, but it is. That's, that's bad. That's, that's what it is. It's bad. This is not the healthiest of coping systems. Yes. Unhealthy. There you go. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a word. Yeah. And the, during, we have to think in game at this point, Beyond Light has, you know, more or less just happened. Stasis has just been introduced into the world and there we see even in other entries like there are definitely guardians that are being corrupted that are going off the rails um when they connect with stasis and connect with dark powers in general and uh so it's not like it's completely unfounded that that could happen I mean that's that was Elsie's whole thing with the dark future, like right, yeah. The, the, the her whole dark future that that happened, that that actively happened, <laughs> and now she got rewound to try to prevent it. I guess. Yeah. So it, in in that sense, even Shira probably feels very very justified in her actions. Yep. Um, yep. I think and you're right. We saw at the beginning of of this reading or the the last reading we did, she has bits of dead ghosts floating around her cockpit i was gonna ask are those like just like ghost shells that she's just like chilling with or is that like ghosts she has snuffed out i think those are ghosts she has snuffed out i think those are all right this this has moved past a point of of this this is bad this is full-on bad yeah i mean this is bad she has the the ghosts that are are floating around um how does her ghost not just like look at this and like live in fear and terror like i mean she's never gonna use stasis we don't know maybe her ghost feels similarly um or maybe it's just a case of like like the warlord ghost watch the warlords do terrible things oh my god i've never even thought of that yeah no that's how do they just like what the fuck, man? Like, ghosts can't be that level of like non. What would you call that? Non give a fuckery. I don't like. <laughs> no, I, I, I think know. it's like I think it's the opposite, honestly. Um, and we even saw this with with our ghost during the events of Forsaken, where like there there were I forget what the items were, but there were some entries where um, our ghost is expressing like being scared of the path our guardian was starting to to go down in the hunt for Aldrin. Sure. Sure. Uh, But they, in those entries are like, but I, I believe that you'll, that you'll come out of it, that you'll be okay. That like, that we will move past this and you'll come back to being the guardian. I know you are. And I, I think rather than the ghost, just not, not caring, I think they, they care so much that they're willing to look past just awful things in the hope, sometimes true, sometimes not, hope that the person they know they could be will, will come back. That's scary. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's scary. So, all right. Well, I didn't intend to leave everyone on a uh, kind of somber note, but that's where we are because it's time. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, Suck it, Trebek. 
We will <laughs> continue this story in uh, our next episode, and I promise there will be a light at the end of the tunnel there. I hope so. This I I didn't I wasn't ready for tonight, and then then it happened, and now it's here. And, and now, now it's here. Now I now I live with it now. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's go to a little bit lighter note then, and yeah. go with some shout outs. Yes. So we have um, two shout outs and a metric, I guess. Uh, Yay. The first one comes to us from uh, Apple Podcasts. Someone was kind enough to leave us a five star uh, text review. Thank you very much. Uh, so this is coming to us from Canon Blackwell. And they say, uh, I have been a big fan of Bife on YouTube for years now, and these guys have entered my regular rotator of Destiny lore while I'm driving. Keep up the good work. Hell yeah. We so absolutely we love Bife. Bife is, is, yes. is amazing. I, I, I think without, like, if, if Bife had never started doing what he did, you, you wouldn't have guys like us doing what we do. Like, I, I don't know. I don't even know that, that like, was was Bife the first one to to start putting together lore videos? I don't I don't know if he was the first. He was definitely the first I had heard of. Um, Same here. Like I know I heard of him before Mylan. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like he's he's. I don't know. He's he's kind of he's kind of the reason I got started in 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 falling in love with the lore and and all the stories that are happening. Yeah. Um. Like part part of it is like that mystery of like, you know what 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 is what is the I, I like I like the history stuff, right? Like I I like looking at the past and going, how do I learn from my mistake? Um, and so then like to to look in Destiny and to like look through Destiny's past and go, okay, where did where did Guardians go wrong? Where did how do we how do Guardians make better choices in the future? Um, I know we as the player have truly no control over where that story goes, but um, I don't know. It's a little bit of a driving force for me to to think of like my Guardian can do better. So yeah, that's yeah. uh, yeah. Say so, no, I say it, it's always a huge, huge compliment to even be in the same sentence as someone like Bife or Mylan. Oh or, yeah, or any of them. So I, I'm glad that you you're enjoying it that much. I absolutely yeah. So um, next shout out is coming to us from Twitter. I uh, and this is from Alex S. Uh, who is replying to our last uh, episode, um, the final episode of the Bray series and, and of, of Elsie's story. Uh, and during that last episode, there, Elsie is realizing, like, I need to, uh, I need to, like, I need to let go. I need to allow, uh, you know, this power, I, I need to not hold it so tightly. I can control it and direct it, but I can't cage it. Uh, and she she specifically says, "I need to let it go." And uh, their their response here was, <laughs> "Really thought Zora was going to start singing Let It Go near the end there." You have no idea how hard I fought myself. <laughs> I'm I'm a huge fan of musicals. I love musicals, and then Disney musicals are like that's like the epitome of musicals. Like, oh yes, I don't, it's not the epitome, but. To me, that's like like that's like everything. That's like my childhood, and and yeah, I love a good musical. And let it, I I would be lying if I said I don't have all of Let It Go memorized, and that I could recite it right now in horrible key. 
uh, which I will not do. On many a raid I occasion, I have absolutely sung in raids uh, many times. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it, I fought so hard, and it was so on point too, right? Like it's like she <laughs> says, "Let it go" in reference to stasis, and I'm like, "It's cold. It's let it go. It's snow." I'm like, "Let's no, no, fight it, fight it." That was literally like my thought process there. So yeah, no, it's oh. I will not torture. Uh, all of our listeners with my rendition of Let It Go that is reserved for my raid team. <laughs> yeah, and we will continue to deal with it, I guess. You goddamn right you will. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but thank you. Thank but you yes. for recognizing how hard it was for me not to, <laughs> not to do what I wanted to do. Uh, yes, and thank you, Zora, for your restraint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the other thing that we wanted to just do a, a kind of general shout out for, um, is Spotify. So, uh, unfortunately on Spotify, there isn't a way that I'm aware of to leave a text review, um, but you can leave stars and, uh, all of the listeners on Spotify have been really awesome and have, uh, been kind enough to get us up to 4.9 out of five stars, which is insane. That's uh, super cool. That's, that's yeah, fucking amazing. That's uh, what that is. That's across 174 reviews. So it's not that's, just one or two. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like that, the level, like if it was like, even, even if it was like 50, I'd be like, holy shit, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. This, this is bordering 200 people are, are, are giving us almost a five star. Like that's, holy fucking shit guys like you guys are the best it's it's pretty awesome it feels it feels good and i'm glad that you guys are are enjoying it enough to uh to think that highly of it so absolutely that's great absolutely so even if you can't leave a, a review there thank you very much we do see that and we appreciate it well uh i guess i guess i gotta give my thank you huh? yeah yeah um i don't know i don't i don't know who to thank uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, we're going to get deep in this one, Myth. You ready for this one? Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Thank you all mental health professionalists that exist in this world today. Uh, because you are needed very much. So, uh, I personally have a therapist that I, that I talk to once a week. Absolutely love her. Um, uh, if you, if you need that, that, that little bit extra, that little bit of like, I, I, I need help. Like to, to, to recognize that you as a person need help is not a weakness. That's a strength. That's a, that's a fantastic thing to be able to, to say that out loud. And then to seek that help and to get that help is fucking awesome. Uh, so yeah. So remember that. Absolutely. I think that is the perfect message for, for this episode, though. It takes an enormous amount of courage to uh, be able to, you know, say that you, you need a little bit of help and, uh, and to seek that out. And ex- exactly as you said, that, that is never a weakness. That is never a fault. That is just uh, you having the strength to recognize and do something about it. And, and don't go on vendettas. <laughs> yeah, may, that's, maybe that's bad. Don't maybe do don't that. go that route. Yeah, bad do bad that. coping mechanism again. Bad coping mechanism. 
bad. Do not, do not, do not recommend. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, anything else, Smith? Then no, I think are, that's are it. You, you know, give our usual. Nah, usual that's plug fine. Of where to find us? Ah, they know where to find us. I'm not gonna follow that up with self promotion. All righty. Well, then, from all of us, Lord Daddies, to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next week. <laughs>